Welcome to the Mystic and the Skeptic. In this week's show, we have special guests to discuss their their project. They started to do cosplay uh, with children and people who need support. Uh, for people who are not familiar with cosplay, is the um, dressing up, but it's not just dressing up like you do for a party. Like it's going all out. Um, the reason that I even found out about these guys is because my neighbor has a thousand dollar Captain American costume. And some people would say, well, that's a lot of money to spend on a costume. But if you want to do it, you're going to do it right. So uh, I wish I had the, the permission to spend a thousand dollars on a costume. But um, I'm, I'm very proud to have met Greg I- Illich, who does that, that kind of work. Sure. So hi, my name is Abigail Munoz. I am one of the co-founders of Costly for Kids. Yes, and my name is uh, Justin Bowyer. I am the volunteer coordinator for Cosplay for Kids. When people think of cosplay, you know, you think about um, Comic-Con or other type of conferences where people dress up and, and it's a fun thing. Uh, how do you, when someone asks you, you're an adult and you dress up as superheroes and run around, how do you guys uh, respond or, or explain what you do for fun? So it, uh, it begins by kind of actually, I guess, feeding it a little bit. So yes, we do dress up. As, as characters yeah. from uh, comic books, movies, cartoon shows. And it is a lot of fun. <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is very much a lot of fun. It's, why we, it's how we kind of started, actually, was mm-hmm. we all had this, this love for uh, dressing up as character, but it, it's, it's also artistic. Before we get into our, the charity side of it, it's an artistic thing. You know, we build our own costumes, and we style our own wigs, and we form our own uh, little cliques and stuff to go out and enjoy this. It's a, it's a great hobby to begin with, and now that we've had the opportunity, it's a great um, way to perform a charitable act. Uh, so we really, it comes down to, yes, we do dress up as superheroes, but we make a huge difference in the lives of the children that we interact with at, uh, at all of our events and projects. Uh, Abigail, were were you the one that came up with the idea, or how, how did this come about? So it actually started with a Facebook page from it's a HTX anime. So it did start like you were saying with people who just genuinely genuinely enjoy dressing up as characters that they love. Um, and we started a forum asking if anyone would be interested in sharing their gifts with us, but for charity. And that's really how it all started was just a group of nerds that came together on the post to begin a charity group, and we. Made Made it a focus to interact with children who were ill um, and who may never get an opportunity to just really be a child. Uh, when we have these events, it's kind of our, our way of breaking the routine of procedures, medication, and just bring little moments of joy. Um, and that's how we kind of began our group's mission. So we've had on the show um, a friend of mine who gives out comic books to kids at um, Ronald McDonald House, and he takes them to the comic book stores to um, to forget about being sick. You know, Houston is like the capital of, of medical support for people throughout the, the world, so we're very fortunate to have that. But how do you break in to do this type of charitable work? Um, isn't it a lot of red tape to get into a hospital with all the things about security and volunteering and all that? Mm-hmm. It definitely was a challenge, especially starting out. That was one of the biggest hurdles, I think, was just getting that first event. Um, a lot of paperwork, definitely. Our first was Texas Children's Hospital. Uh, we had to do background checks, uh, make sure all our vaccinations were on record, um, and just kind of a waiting game to, to wait and see all, our, all of our paperwork processed. And we got, I feel like, a little bit of luck that we were trusted, that being our first event. And we were able to have um, the first event with Texas Children's Hospital, I believe it was in July mm-hmm. of 2000. Uh, 
2014. And after that, um, I will say once you start one event, I feel like it's a little bit easier once you start building kind of that reputation. Um, later on, I did also start the organization at my former university at the University of Houston downtown. Um, and so once we became an official org with that university, we were able to pull in more um, kind of building a network from that as well. Very cool. And I'm seeing that you guys were featured on the University of Houston downtown's website on the Houston Press. And um, and have you been to those um, conferences where they where everybody dresses up and they talk about comic books? Like Comic Palooza or... Conferences, do you mean... We've been to Comic Palooza and... Onicon. Onicon. Uh, we've been to quite a few conventions and all that all, that include uh, all the dress-up and there's a big focus on both anime and superheroes. It's actually quite a it's quite a scene, actually seeing everybody together. You'll have a group of people that are all dressed up, uh, maybe with a specific theme, and then you'll even have uh, just families that come off the streets even. They just see a bunch of people dressed up walking into a building and they'll mm -hmm. say, well, let's go check this out. You know, it's, We've been to plenty of them, and um, that is kind of like a place where uh, as we do go through when, we're, when we are having our fun, we do also have the opportunity to kind of work with people that that, uh, that come around to us. We have taken the opportunity to reach out a little bit in those communities. Fantastic. So, and, and you said this has been going on since July? Uh, was kind of the starting date. We're going on about four and a half years now. Yep, and it's mm -hmm. been a, a, a long road of, uh, of kind of finding the right members for us. And honestly, now with all the time that we spent, we have a, a very amazing core team, and with that, we also have a very strong standard that we like to hold our heroes up to who want to join us. Yeah, learned a lot too throughout the years, just even on how to build an organization. Mm -hmm. um, definitely UHD helped us a lot in that. Uh, that magazine that we were published in was part of the Community Engagement and Service Learning Grant. Um, we applied for that grant and were awarded $2,000 to fund our services, so a lot of on budgeting it as well and making sure that we kind of proved our point of why we were using these items and their purpose for it. And just really our impact that we were going to have. So hence why we deserve to have this money, not for us, but as like a company that will inevitably uh, better the lives of the children or just really the entire population uh, that surrounds us here in Houston, yeah. Texas. Tell me about what you guys learned. Is, is it a nonprofit or is it still just a... Um a small organization up to this point? It's still a small organization up to this point. The only affiliation being UHD. Mm -hmm. so, uh, and we worked uh, solely off of uh, either the, our in-house money that we, that we kind of pulled together as a group mm -hmm. or off of the donations and grants that we've received through uh, programs and fundraising. Mm -hmm. uh, we are looking to become an official nonprofit that's, uh, mm -hmm. that's down the road in the works. We've already got some stuff in the our documentation uh, we're building for our, uh, the building of our organization uh, a mentor that actually Abigail uh, had the yeah. opportunity of, of finding for us yes. also help. professor from UHD we found a lot of resources <laughs> definitely from that university so tell me what what makes a cosplay for kids member uh, unique uh, we're in a in a world now that is saturated with with groups um, if you go on meetup there's like Every group under the sun that does all kinds of different things. What makes uh, your members unique? What makes them uh, to be trusted with this um, this opportunity to, to help people in need? And what have you learned throughout the years with having different people come through? So uh, 
to get kind of like the, the nitty gritty point of this is, um, like I said prior, we've been doing this for a few years now, and because of all the time we've spent, we have to uh, kind of tighten our rankings a bit. So we have had people that have come through that we didn't wish to actually continue being a part of our group, and that's just because they didn't come, they didn't come prepared to give their time and the effort into what our group needs. And Whenever, it might sound harsh, but the population that we serve kind of also deserves to have the, the very best volunteers available. So we do um, utilize our different stages of interviewing to determine that we have the appropriate member for, for the group and who meets that mission. And I think that's what makes them a very, indiv uh, very unique individual for our group. They, they definitely match our mission. They're not just focused on the cosplay aspect of it, but they have this genuine want for charity work and to work with children, that have the ability to work with children with disabilities, um, with different illnesses, with low socioeconomic status, just different families at risk. And it really comes down to, there's a camaraderie that is formed when we do this, and that's really the biggest tell is, it's like Abigail stated, we want people that aren't in it just for the dress up, to take photos and to kind of laugh and goof off. We do have those days, and those are, I feel, really a necessity to team building and the bonds that we have, but really what we look for that makes our heroes unique is one, the ability for us to look out for one another. Our group is very tight niche. We talk about our day-to-day -day lives with each other. When one member is suffering, we all suffer alongside with them. We help, them, we help each other through it. There's that connection we form just in member-to-member -member basis. If you can't start with that, if you can't have that in-house love and care for one another, how are you going to take that out into the, into, the, uh, into the world and try to offer comfort to a child who is in great need? If you need that to begin, that's, so I would say that's our, probably our first point. Yeah, another, another point would be that our group members are definitely very resilient. The work that we do can be definitely a lot of fun. I mean, cosplaying is a very fun thing to do, but it can also be very difficult emotionally. Um, some of the children or individuals that we see can be very ill or be going through really difficult situations. You may see a bruise or something like that, and that can be very hard on you. And so we do definitely need individuals that can kind of put our own emotions aside and focus on the child or that person who we are with at that time and make sure that we can help them at that moment, that it's not about us. And I feel like that's what makes our group very special, in my opinion. And to kind of, uh, I guess, hit uh, another note you brought up about uh, there's so many groups out there, and that, that kind of leads me to another point is um, consistency and yeah. accountability that our members have. Responsibility. When we have, when we set up an event, you know, those, the people that are coordinating with us, they go out and they tell the children or the population that's going to be at these, you know, Superman's going to be here, uh, Batman's going to be here, Wonder Woman's going to be here, and you get this, you, you build this, this hype for, oh, all these superheroes that I love and care for are going to be here, you know, I can't wait to see whichever superhero is my favorite. And then if you turn around and then just say, oh, you know, I had a prior engagement, I'm sorry, I'm going to break it off. Well, it's not... Uh, member A didn't make it today. It's Superman didn't make it today. All right, it's Spider-Man didn't make it today. And so that is uh, another huge, unique aspect for our group. Is you know all these other small groups, people can jump around back and forth, but there's no requirement to be there day in and day out. With our our group, there's a requirement that you are there when needed, mm -hmm. and that is something that we hold true to. And that is, I think, 
a pretty defining feature for us. When I was a teacher uh, of kids in, in elementary school, I did a project where they, we all dressed up as superheroes. And, in, and the first thing the kids want to do is fight each other. And I said, no, um, we're going to do a peaceful resolution of, of conflict. And it was like they, they didn't know what to do because I thought about do comic books, do superhero movies, do they promote violence? Or, or, is, or can they be a form of teaching people how to resolve issues in a dem- diplomatic way? And uh, growing up with Superman and things like that, is it wasn't violent it was there was conflict and maybe there was punching but it wasn't what you see now like when i play um superhero girls or or anything like that for for my daughters they're always like very aggressive and like jumping up and down and like it seems like it's it has changed Do you, has has any parent ever brought up to you guys that maybe superheroes um are now portrayed as 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 very physical and and not dealing with with conflict in in a in a in a better way than just uh, hurting each other. Or have you guys ever thought about that? Okay, so now that um that would be a little bit of a, a I guess two sided uh, topic to bring up. So you have your your split between uh, your new age film uh, that you have out now um, and versus maybe the uh, more child friendly cartoons that are out there. So we can talk about something that's probably very controversial currently right now, and that would be the Joker film. That was a movie that was that was about the superhero universe, but that wasn't. It was a very violent movie, and that was a focus on uh, mental illness. So there was this. There was the that movie was, you know, uh, an, an answer to what's wrong with society. You know, they somebody search for it. You know, like how can he get better? You look at some of these other films that they have out, you know, you have uh, Batman versus Superman, you have uh, the Avengers films, you know, all these movies come together. Yes, they're very violent, and in a lot of them, violence is kind of the final portrayal in those movies. Um, those are more, though, tailored to, honestly, at this point, to the adult genre. You know, most of these superhero movies are coming out PG-13 and rated R now. I mean, you look at Wolverine, that was an incredibly violent movie. But those movies are not really, yeah, those movies aren't meant for children, um, you know, you can have kids that are that uh, of an age that'll come in and can actually find the enjoyment and see that it's not, um, I guess, a moral lesson. Obviously, in some of these, it's just a movie being a movie. Uh, I think it can definitely bring up the topic of violence. Like, if a child will bring up something violent to us, I think you can view. It depends on the person. You can view it as a negative, as in a negative perspective, saying, "Oh, it's teaching this child violence." But I think. It, you can also view it as it's an opportunity for you to teach that child mm-hmm. how to resolve that, you know, or another way to view that. Um, it really depends on the person. And, and that's that's true. That that's um, you know these situations the gateway to to life, and it allows a conversation between a child and their guardian to talk a little bit about what I guess the purpose of the actions in these movies and shows are. Um, but then if you look at the flip side, you can look at uh, the TV series Supergirl. That show does focus on the violent conflict, but there's always this reinforcement of we don't want to hurt. We never want to kill. That's always, that's never the answer. We never really want to hurt. If we can end this situation nonviolently, that's always the approach that Supergirl wants to take throughout the whole show. And in the cartoon, you do see a balance of characters that take the aggressive, the aggressive approach versus people who take the, pass- the pacifist approach. Um, 
that is kind of the line that I guess is, is kind of teetering back and forth now. There's more sensationalism in, uh, in TV shows now. You know, we, we want something flashy. So what's flashy? Fight scenes. And that's true. A lot of that is being portrayed more and more in our media, especially in the superhero genre, is that's an easy way to focus on it. Um, but to say that uh, the, the whole entire, I, I guess, a genre of superheroes being entirely focused on violence isn't necessarily true. You have both the violence aspect, which is supposed to be the fun, flashy side of cinematography. And then, towards adult. Yeah, towards the adult side. And then you have these uh, more child-friendly programs, and they do focus on there's always a better way to resolve things. Can we talk this out? Can we yeah, bring yeah, peace? hope. Exactly. Yeah. There, there's hope. There's peace. There's uh, everybody being uh, considered equal in these, situ- in these um in these shows, you know, that, that, is a, that is an approach there. And it really just depends on which piece of media you're looking at at that specific time. And what is it about superheroes that gives kids with disabilities or illnesses hope from what you've seen? So uh, uh, would you like to take the first part or do you want me to take it? So for me specifically, I feel that for women and girls, um, there's a lot of minority women in our specific. Um, I am Latina. Wonder Woman is Latina. Um, our Deadpool is Vietnamese, um, so I feel like we have a good representation of minorities in our specific group, and it's really nice to see the children kind of identify themselves as a superhero when they can see that they look like one of us. Um, I think it's also kind of reflected in the rise of female representatives in superhero movies, and, and as well as in our group, we have a female Captain America as well um, that is side-by-side to Greg Illich. Her name is Denise Reynoso. She is um, kind of just taking that lead role of, in, a, in a female version. We also have a female uh, uh, spider woman. Um, and so I feel that it really does bring about hope for minorities specifically. Um, I just think our group is so diverse, which is one of our best qualities, and it lets us reach many children. Um, heroes are always empowering children, and they'll take a pose with us. And you can see even when they're taking a pose, they – if it's a child or individual who's kind of slouched over and they're not feeling good, and when we're like, let's do, let's do that superhero pose, they'll they'll perch up, they'll put their muscle up, they'll put they'll put their Spider-Man webbing up, and you can really see that kind of boost of, of confidence, and their faces light up. So, um, and that's and that's the, that's the one thing that I'm really proud of about our group is that we are so diverse that it's just like Abby said, uh, a child will look for a superhero. And then when they see a superhero that has the same skin color, you know, that represents them on a physical scale, they connect quicker and stronger. And so you have these children who are in need of, uh, of a moral boost. So if you have somebody that looks like you, you see it strong and powerful and able to protect and is very wise even, you know, there's that, that incredible feeling they have that I have that in me. I have that potential to do what I want to do, be what I want to be, you know, uh, you talk to these kids, and it, it's crazy that, um, you know, you go to Shriners Hospital, you go to Ronald McDonald House, and you'll see kids that just look, they look down. You can see it in their face that they're tired, that they just just are not, they don't have that look of, oh, I'm having fun, I'm a child, you know, the world is, is infinite to me, you know. They don't have that look in their face, and then when we step into that room, our mere presence, we are there with them, that gives them hope, that gives them, that gives them something to smile at and really you know as much as it may not be a medical condition happiness does uh boost those that are in these situations so those that have disabilities that are very ill 
you know, they feel that when they come in the room. It's like Abby said, we squat down to take a pose with them. We say, hey, you know, give us your superhero pose. Show us your muscles. Let's see how strong you are. And those little kids will go from just kind of that sour look on their face, and then, bam, those five steps are flexed out. You know, they got that big grin on their face. They're all from ear to ear. They're very happy. It doesn't matter what's going on right there in that moment in their life. They are a superhero alongside their other superheroes. And that is uh, something impossible to match. They see us as as somebody that they can talk to you about whatever's bothering them that day, or they just want to tell us, you know, what color that dinosaur was that they saw in the playroom. Um, They even tell us, like, oh, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a superhero. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to be a chef. You know, no details ever too small for us to hear. All right, and we're always there to listen, and that just, it really drives those children um, another step forward. It's interesting that uh, when I was in college, when, like, when I first started, there was an ad in the paper somewhere that uh, they needed people to dress up as characters to go to kids' parties. And I signed up, and you know, I was Santa Claus, I was Spider-Man, I was Power Ranger. But it was just, you show up, you didn't even have to do anything. The kids were so excited to see you. They all wanted to take pictures with you, and they wanted to play, hang out. Um, so paint for us a picture of how your events go down. Like, do you go into the um, the unit where the kids are at and you just hang out with them? Or is there specific activities? Or is it just being in in a stage? How, how does it uh, go depending on, on the event? So I would say it really depends on the event we're uh, doing. So, for example, if it's at a hospital like Shriners or Texas Children's Hospital, then we will have... Um, coloring sheets, board games, really things, activities that can be done in, in, on the bedside um, because a lot of times they have illnesses or disabilities that kind of don't allow movement. So we really try to tailor our activities based on the specific event. So we'll do our research prior to attending. Um, so we, what we've done in the past is prepare superhero mask templates out of felt, trying to do like a hypoallergenic material. Um, we'll print off a lot of uh, coloring sheets or have coloring books bought with, with our uh, funding. What else do we have? Coloring, markers. Um, paper flowers, paper Captain flowers. America paper, uh, paper plate shield. Um, we, we try to tailor the crafts to uh, something seasonal or maybe something that is uh, situational pleasant for the children at that location and and as Abby had mentioned um, we do try to tailor any of our crafts or activities to be something that that is uh, suitable for for pretty much anybody to take a part of anybody no matter what their disability is so can sit down with us and and interact with us with these crafts. An example of kind of that depending on the event of Yahweh we had uh, it's, it's solely a shelter for women um, and children who are homeless. And so we tailored the uh, craft activities so that the children could make something for their moms. Mm-hmm. So it was like paper flowers um, that they could gift to their, to their moms. Um, and for that specific event, we had a script that we wrote, a play that we performed that was a kind of a positive message through the superheroes. Um, it was a lesson in forgiveness. Um, and I recall <laughs> that we... We ended our, our play and we were engaging with the kids and one of, a couple of the kids were having an argument and one of the volunteer coordinators said, remember, you know, the lesson in forgiveness. And the little kids kind of put their, the toy that they were fighting down the side and, and gave each other a hug and they were reminded of that lesson that we were trying to instill in them and that was really rewarding. And, uh, and in another, I guess another thing kind of to a specific event, 
So when we have our events in like closed areas like that, that's what we tend to focus on. And then we have other events such as the, uh, the Epilepsy's uh, Walk With Me, the Epilepsy Foundation's Walk With Me, the 5K, or Alex's 5K, Easter Stills Run. And what we're really there for is we're kind of the hype team. You know, we're the ones that go stand at the starting line and uh, we're there for the countdown to get everybody hyped up and ready to go. Countdown medals as they're winning. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and they've even had us do an opening speech at uh, uh, one of our, uh, one of the events for, I believe it was the Epilepsy Foundation. Uh, it was kind of to be a motivational speech as a superhero to, you know, just kind of boost the morale of uh, not only the children, but even the parents. You know, the, the families of, of these uh, uh, populations tend to get just as much into the event as the children do. You know, it's, it's a time for them to have fun. It's time for them to relax and just enjoy their surroundings. So our, our organization, uh, the, the events and um, project stuff that we have here really are tailored specifically for the event. So, you know, if they want us to come out there, yell and scream and holler and welcome all the, all the children and the families involved, to whatever the event is, we're there. Or during Christmas, if we're passing out gifts that were sponsored to the children, we're there for that too. It, it really is specific to where we go. So, um, you know, no we, event will be the same, really, at all. Even even if it's the same organization, every event is a little different. Where you know what they have us doing. Um, but I can say that it is very. No matter what we do, it's always rewarding to smile on the faces of every child and, and uh, parent involved. When I was a teacher uh, of kids in, in elementary school, I did a project where they, we all dressed up as superheroes. And in, and the first thing the kids want to do is fight each other. And I said, no, um, we're going to do a peaceful resolution of of conflict. And it was like they, they didn't know what to do because I thought about do comic books, do superhero movies, do they promote violence or or is or can they be a form of teaching people how to resolve issues in a dem- diplomatic way? And uh, growing up with Superman and things like that, is it wasn't violent. It was there was conflict and maybe there was punching, but it wasn't what you see now. Like when I play um, superhero girls or or anything like that for for my daughters, they're always like very aggressive and like jumping up and down and like it seems like it's it has changed. Do you, has has any parent ever brought up to you guys that maybe superheroes um, are now portrayed as 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 very physical and and not dealing with with conflict in in a in a in a better way than just uh, hurting each other? Or have you guys ever thought about that? Okay, so now that um that would be a little bit of a, a I guess two sided uh, topic to bring up. So you have your your split between uh, your new age film. Uh, that you have out now um, and versus maybe the uh, more child-friendly cartoons that are out there. So we can talk about something that's probably very controversial currently right now, and that would be the Joker film. That was a movie that was, that was about the superhero universe, but that wasn't, it was a very violent movie, and that was a focus on uh, mental illness. So there was this, there was the, that movie was, you know, uh, an, an answer to what's wrong with society you know, they, somebody search for it, you know, like, how can he get better? You look at some of these other films that they have out, you know, you have uh, Batman versus Superman, you have uh, the Avengers films, you know, all these movies come together. Yes, they're very violent, and in a lot of them, violence is kind of the final portrayal in those movies. Um, 
those are more so tailored to, honestly, at this point, to the adult genre. You know, most of these superhero movies are coming out PG-13 and rated R now. I mean, you look at Wolverine, that was an incredibly violent movie. But those movies are not really, yeah, those movies aren't meant for children. Um, you know, you can have kids that are that uh, of an age that will come in and can actually find the enjoyment and see that it's not, um, I guess, a moral lesson, obviously, in some of these. It's just a movie being a movie. Uh, I think it can definitely bring up the topic of violence. Like, if mm-hmm. a child will bring up something violent to us, I think you can view, it depends on the person, you can view it as a negative, as in a negative perspective, saying, oh, it's teaching this child violence. But I think it, you can also view it as it's an opportunity for you to teach that child mm-hmm how to resolve that, you know, or another way to view that. Um, it really depends on the person. And, and that's, that's true. That, that's, um, you know, these situations are a gateway to, to life, and it allows a conversation between a child and their guardian to talk a little bit about what, I guess, the purpose of the actions in these movies and shows are. Um, but then if you look at the flip side, you can look at uh, the TV series Supergirl. That show does focus on the violent conflict, but there's always this reinforcement of we don't want to hurt. We never want to kill. That's always, that's never the answer. We never really want to hurt. If we can end this situation nonviolently, that's always the approach that Supergirl wants to take throughout the whole show. And in the cartoon, you do see a balance of characters that take the aggressive, the aggressive approach versus people who take the passive, the pacifist approach. Um, that is kind of the line that I guess is, is kind of teetering back and forth now. There's more sensationalism in, uh, in TV shows now. You know, we, we want something flashy. So what's flashy? Fight scenes. And that's true. A lot of that is being portrayed more and more in our media, especially in the superhero genre, is that's an easy way to focus on it. Um, but to say that uh, the, the whole entire, I, I guess, uh, genre of superheroes being entirely focused on violence isn't necessarily true. You have both the violence aspect, which is supposed to be the fun, flashy side of cinematography. And then, towards the adult. Yeah, towards the adult side. And then you have these uh, more child-friendly programs, and they do focus on, there's always a better way to resolve things. Can we talk this out? Can we yeah, bring yeah, peace? hope. Exactly. There's, there's hope. There's peace. There's, uh, you know, everybody being uh, considered equal in these, situ- in these um in these shows, you know, that, that, is a, that is an approach there. And it really just depends on which piece of media you're looking at at that specific time. Well, and it's good to hear that you guys uh, have that sensitivity for, for um, understanding someone who's going through difficult times. Um, in my work as a chaplain, you, you find out that when someone is sick or when someone's dying, people get nervous and they say the wrong thing and they, they cause like emotional pain to people. Um, they'll say, oh, everything will be all right, or, you know, God has a plan or something like that. And, and they have the best intentions, but it actually works the opposite effect. It actually, like, creates more, more stress. So do you guys talk to each other about uh, what are better ways to encourage people without being, um, you know, using um, those phrases that everybody uses that are, that are not that helpful? And also, do you have a way to, you said that you support each other and that, it is emotionally draining sometimes. Do you have a, a time that you set up to kind of debrief your experience? Definitely. Um, I'm actually um, a social worker, and we definitely talk a lot about self-care and kind of those reflective that I share with the group that are more appropriate when we're in those situations. So even with, like, a small example of a child just coloring, instead of saying, that's a pretty picture, 
a more kind of meaningful reflection is I see how hard you're working on that drawing. I see you're working hard. Um, and so when there's someone sick or something difficult, rather than starting a conversation about their specific situation, um, we can just reflect the feeling and validate the feeling, which is what our group focuses on the most so that we don't create more harm. Um, it really is validation. Validate that feeling. If that child tells you, I'm sad. You know, during Harvey, we visited her and the child said, oh, I don't get to go to these restaurants anymore. I don't get to go out to eat anymore. Um, that sounds really hard. You know, I see you're really sad about that. Like, that sounds really hard. Rather than trying to make it better because we cannot fix that situation at that time, um, we try to train our members to just validate the feeling, stay with that child in that moment, rather than trying to solve the problem because we cannot actually solve the problem. No matter how much we wish we actually could solve those problems, we cannot. And the best thing we can do is just validate and, and stay with them with the, in that moment. As far as for us to prevent burnout, um, right after the event, we definitely had discussions about what we just something really difficult. Um, a good example was our very first event at the Texas Children's Hospital. We um, also saw children in the cancer ward on their way down. We actually weren't supposed to see them, but on their way down the elevator, um, we saw children from the cancer ward, and that was really, really difficult for us to see, especially that being our first event. Um, and we definitely had kids and needing, needing to kind of vent take some time for ourselves. So every single time after any event we do, we always offer to go out to eat <laughs> and just be brief with each other, have those difficult conversations, see what we can do to, to kind of improve our emotional health. So whether that being um, taking a break, you know, if you need to take a break, that's okay to ask. I would rather one of the members ask me for a break than continue to attend events when they are feeling so drained because not only is that bad for them and their mental health, but that's not good for the children or the people that we're seeing if they're having a person who is so burnt out going to these events. Um, we also have yearly potluck. So for Thanksgiving, Christmas, we have one coming up where the group just comes together and it's not about the children at that point. It's just about us and having some fun because we definitely need a little bit of that in our lives as well. Um, all of us are full-time working adults. Um, some of us still full-time students and it can definitely be draining. They're take, we are taking time out of our schedules to do this, um, sometimes even money from our own pockets to do this. So we definitely make sure that we have events throughout the year for just self-care. Yes, and it's um, and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier about the camaraderie and that that peer-to-peer that -peer connection we have in our group. Um, we, we throw baby showers for our members. We celebrate birthdays, uh, graduations, weddings. We've done donation drives for people specific uh, uh, charities that they have like other affiliations with, it's, um, we do make sure that we always have that group connection. If somebody's having a hard day, somebody's trying to figure something out, you know, the group has offered to help. We've had members that have had issues during Harvey with needing assistance there. The group steps up to help. It never, we never let our, uh, our heroes uh, work alone, in, in, you know, so to speak. Um, and really, another thing I'd like to point out is, like I said, she is a social worker, and because of all of her education and all of her work in the field, she's become an amazing tool when it comes to just develop, like she said, like the validation of working with children. How do you approach a population that's already in need, that's already facing something that's, you know, keeping them down, that, that's impacting their lives in a negative fashion, you know, and it's there day in and day out. They see it. And it's like Abby said, you don't want to make that worse. Thankfully with her, though, it's when where we know we're going into a situation 
you know, uh, my homeless children who are dealing with sick children, an autistic population. Abby has been really great at giving the group keynotes, like, hey, we should approach situations this way. You know, we should never, uh, we should never say something so obvious uh, in, in terms of uh, a child's illness. We never bring that up. Everything uh, that that child... Unless they bring it up. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Any, any topic that we have, any conversation we have with that kid starts with what that kid wants to talk about. If that kid wants to talk all day about a dinosaur watch that he has, well, guess what? That is what we're talking about right there. Yeah. Right? If that child wants to uh, ride on Spider-Man's back for an entire event and talk about how her and her family have been in a uh, shelter and how she really is happy that she has her brother and her mom and dad there, but she does want to go back home, then guess what? That's what we sit there and we talk about with this child. That's what they want to approach, but it always comes from the child first, and we always, once again, as I stated, we validate those feelings. I think it's also important to remember what our role is as volunteers. Um, we are not their doctor. We are not their therapist. The best thing that we can do is just validate, validate and stay with that child. Exactly, and, it's, um, and, I, and I, this is uh, going to be kind of, I guess, almost preachy when we say this, but this is something that we really wish we could get the population around us to understand. We want Houston, we want Texas, we want the world to understand that we're not just dressed up as heroes, dancing around, making kids smile and being goofy. There are moments where a child steps away from something that's really hard for them to comprehend and, and deal with, and they can kind of shed that a little bit by talking to a superhero about it. And that is, that is just, that is really why we're here. That is the one thing that we want to, well, that we want to do day in and day out as cosplay for kids is, you know, what do you want to talk about? You know, what's on your mind? What will make you happy? What will, you know, make you make this day a little bit better for you? And that's what we're here for. Uh, I think some people may not see that right away, but once they see the photos of the sick kids or, uh, you know, and they see how happy they really are being made, I think people are going to start to understand that. Our show goes out to people in the Nashville area, and then on the podcast, there's people all over the world that listen to it. So for those that are not familiar with with the different tropical storms and hurricanes that we've dealt with here in Houston, Harvey was one of the ones that most recent that, that affected a lot of people where they lost their homes or they had to deal with water entering their homes. And then we had one as recent as Imelda that, uh, that I'm seeing patients that have been affected by it. Um, so if someone um, wants to be involved in your group, how do they go about to uh, participate and, and become part of it? Okay, so uh, we have a Facebook page, and that is our primary, uh, I guess, our primary uh, window into our world and, and our communication. Uh, you can, we can be contacted via Facebook at uh, Cosplay for Kids Houston, um, or Cosplay for Kids and then... Um, we also have a... Email account is coffeeforkidshouston at gmail.com. Um, typically, the email is for anyone who's interested in hosting us. So we have an intake form that we will send them, um, and that's kind of how we get the ball rolling for them. Uh, for new members, though, you can contact us through either media, and um, then usually uh, one of the uh, group officials will reply and say, okay, you know, we see that this is what you want to do. Let's set up a time to uh, meet, and that's really our first step in getting heroes, or our new heroes, into the group. Uh, we do a face-to-face -face interview with possible attendee. This kind of helps us uh, weed out those who are willing to put the time and effort in and who are considered reliable, because if you're not willing to make it to the very first interview and talk face-to-face -face for anywhere between 20 to 45 minutes at most, 
then we know that you also won't be reliable to come to events Saturday mornings at, you know, 7 a.m. for a few hours. Um, so after you do the, after you have the initial contact, we do our face-to-face -face interview, then we move into looking at references that uh, are, that you would be, that the uh, new members would be giving us. These all need to be professional or uh, so professors, supervisors and managers, things of that nature. Just some, some people that we can talk to and, and kind of get a good idea of what your character is. Um, once we get those references out of the way and we talk to a few of them, we move into what we would call a shadow event where the new member would join us in our, in our more recent event um, and would be kind of working alongside a specific hero. You'll be partnered up with one and you will spend that event working alongside that hero and you'll be monitored by not only just the hero you're sided with, but for all the ones that are around. Everybody's going to be kind of taking a look over at you and making sure everything's all right. You know, we understand that these, one, these events can be stressful for first-timers, but once you get that first event out of the way, I mean, it can become second nature. But, you know, eyes, eyes are on you for your sake and the child's sake at that, in that situation. And honestly, at the end of the event, if we see that you uh, did well working with the children, you did work, uh, well working with the families and the other uh, um, workers there at that event, you know, because that's another big thing that people probably don't think about is the... Um, the, the communication skills and interaction you have with the, the actual charity event organizers and workers, if you can't get along with them too, well, that's going to cause some friction down the road. But once that's all said and done, you know, that's usually our, our, our good tell uh, whether or not we'd like to have that person officially on as a member. Um, mm -hmm. Abby? For anyone who just wants to follow us and just kind of see the work that we do, we do always post after every event, um, mainly through Facebook. Like Justin said, Costly for Kids Texas. We also have an Instagram, um, Costly for Kids Houston. Um, and that's mainly where we post kind of what we've been up to, the different organizations that we're seeing, the different things that we're doing for people who just want to kind of tag along with us <laughs> on this journey. It, it's a good first look into the group before you decide to try to even go through the interview. You can look through and see the populations that we've reached. You can see uh, the events that we go to, the conditions that we're in, because it is Houston, so it does get pretty hot. And if you're in a costume, it can be a little, a uh, little bit trying. But I mean, you know, being in, being a part of the group that way by taking a look into the social media and kind of seeing what goes on with us is an amazing first step for anybody involved. Because I'll let you know pretty much everything you need to know about what you will be doing as a hero. Um, now we do have other positions for people. Uh, who just want to do photography or if they would just like to do uh, like preparatory work on the craft and stuff, that is a bit different. Really, that's just going to be talking to you, making Rich sure you script writing as well. Exactly. You know, they, they follow some of those same uh, prior standards, just you obviously wouldn't be going to a, a shadow of but we're also always looking for people who can help us with the craft and the skits, photography, uh, social media management as well. You know, there's other uh, spots that are always available. Um, so, yeah, I would say just to anybody out there that's curious about joining us, give that's us a, a shout on our Facebook or our, drop us an email at our uh, at our um, topic for kids, Houston at gmail.com. And can you tell us more about your costume policy? Like I said, you know, sometimes it, it can be very pricey to get like the professional movie looking costume. So what do you do once people would like to participate, but they have limited resources? So the passes, depending on the availability of our grant funds, um, we will purchase those costumes for our heroes once they have passed through all of the stages of approval. 
Um, other times uh, they buy it themselves and we don't require for it to be kind of superhero novelty. Um, Greg is one of the really awesome committed members who, who chose, it was definitely not required for him to buy a quality of costume because also I, I do let members keep in mind that we are working with children and <laughs> if anybody who's worked with children, they know that they'll hug, Big Christ, not covering marker. Covering in marker, your your costume may and probably will get damaged at one point. So it's definitely not required for it to be extremely um, expensive. We do want it to look nice, however, not you know. No frayed edges. We want no it to get clean. Costume. Yes. Um, and on top of that, it's like I said, if we have funding, we're willing to assist uh, purchase some um, some costumes. We do have a small stock of costumes. Uh, that we have stored for future members as well. Um, a lot of our members have brought their own costumes with mm -hmm. them. They have either already started cosplaying as that character. They or want they to already... keep those costumes because any costume we buy is, you know, a property of cosplay for kids, and we'll be kind of circled around through uh, heroes that are available for that specific event. So a lot of heroes may want to keep their own costume, and so therefore they will buy their own costume. Another policy would be for it to just be appropriate, um, both culturally and you know, not too, not, not, too, revealing. too not too revealing. Yeah, it's, it really depends on the organization that we're going to attend to. But typically, any hospital shelter will ask that we have a very, you know, not revealing uh, tights under your skirt, things like that. And we'll usually have um, them at least picture of their costume before we approve it for the event. And it's uh, we also try to be sure that uh, tattoos are covered up by costumes. So if you have a costume that has like a short sleeve and you happen to have a sleeve tattoo, much like I do, I wear a full body Spider-Man costume. So it doesn't matter. I can have I can be tattooed from head to toe, and nobody's gonna ever know it until I take the suit off. But we do ask that tattoos be covered, and, and just like it's I said, yeah, it, it's just it's a respectful thing. You know, it, it, we we aren't revealing. We cover tattoos, and uh, that's that's our general guidelines in terms of. Uh, what would be considered a safe costume. And just like I've said, as long as it's a clean costume, it doesn't have to be this, this S-tier costume. Obviously, if you're willing to risk the, uh, the money and the costume involved if, if a child does damage it, because at that point you can't blame the child for being a kid and being excited, obviously. Uh, you and know, if you do care, this group is not for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If that's your favorite, then, then we're not the group for you. But yeah, you know, if, you're, if you wish to take opportunity to get a nice costume and wear it and by all means you know we're not going to stop you and, and we love to see those really nice costumes obviously they look amazing and uh but i mean at the end of the day too a child a child will see a 20 dollar uh superman costume and then can see a uh, like 300 dollar superman costume and all that child is going to really see two supermans <laughs> there you go <laughs> you know so you're you're better off probably buying the cheaper ones getting used to it and then if you feel like taking that opportunity you can buy the more expensive one and the reason that i'm happy that you guys have a betting process for your members is because in october last month it came up that there was an incident at the universal orlando resort where um uh, a guy dressed up as grew from despicable me um was making um alt-right and um white supremacist uh, signs while taking pictures with African-American family. So you never know. Like, I always wonder when you go to Disney World, you have these people dressed up as characters. Like, you don't know who's under there. You don't know if they have the right intentions. So uh, what do you guys think about what happened in that situation? Well, so it's kind of like you bring up it being a Disney World, Disneyland, uh, or a dated, um 
company. It's a very large one, so it's hard to kind of manage every single person you're going to have in character. Um, so luckily for us, we don't have to worry about that as much because we actually can devote the time and effort into making sure we do have um, a well-suited person for these roles. Now, to get to the incident, yeah, you're basically um, really that that hurts that community that uh, or that that hurts the power that these characters that we portray have. Um, for somebody to to throw a, a a symbol of white supremacy to throw anything that uh, a hateful symbol, you know, as simple as it was, it had its impact. It did what it needed to do, and that's something that can't be changed. Those characters no longer have as strong of a power to do good as it did originally, and I think that's really the biggest takeaway on that is these characters are meant to be fun. They're meant to, they're meant to represent happiness, hope, good fortune. When you use that that pedestal of being grew from despicable me to perform an act like that, it's, it, it, it can really, it takes away the power that those characters have. I keep kind of saying this over and over again, but it's, if a child sees a character doing that, then it, they see it as normal. And you have one side that says, oh, I'm doing that because that's okay. And the other side says, oh, it's normal for people that look like me to be treated this way. I do think the administration does have some responsibility with that as well because they are in charge of these individuals that they are hiring. And I think that anyone, whether big company like Universal Studios or Disney or a small organization and local to Houston like us, we have a, when we're working with children or any vulnerable population, we are taking this responsibility to look after these children, to care for these children. And so we we have to make sure that we are allowing the very best individuals to interact with children. So I do think that they also have kind of a little bit of blame on their shoulders for kind of allowing that to happen. Um, I hope, I'm not sure, what, I'm not too familiar with this case, but I do hope that they took the necessary precautions and are maybe a little bit more strict on their interviews mm -hmm. because they're working with children. They are characters that are for children. And in the previous question, I, we talked about um, resolving conflict without violence and things like that. Uh, one thing that happened to me, you know, I was a big Batman fan as a kid and I watched the, the animated series and things like that. And, and there was always a line that Batman never crossed. Like he would rough someone up or threaten them or whatever, but he had suffered from violence by his parents being killed with a gun. So he didn't use weapons. And then as an adult, I'm watching the Daredevil show. And I really wanted to like it. I really liked the characters. I thought it was really well done. But he would just, like, throw people off of buildings and, like, torture them. And I was, I'm like, what happened? Like, there there was no ethical line for Daredevil. And I thought he was very similar to Batman. And he had a disability. And he was able to thrive um, as a superhero. So I was very disappointed. And going back to what you were saying about they're trying to be edgy or they're trying to be action packed. But uh, it seems like maybe the writers and the producers are not thinking about how, what they're portraying is actually um, like influencing people. And I don't know how you guys feel about um, like you've said, if, if the superheroes are symbols of, of goodness of people who are fighting for, for righteous causes and, and it's easy to, um, for kids to to want to be like them, 
So do you think that there's a responsibility for the writers and the creators of these movies to, to think about that, that a lot of people complain about Superman being too much of a boy scout. And it's like, well, that's what people need. They need someone that has ethical guidelines and has a good sense of right and wrong. And that now all the lines are being blurred and that that's, maybe affecting uh, the way the children see uh, right and wrong? No, I definitely agree. Um, I think with this time and age, it's just for views, for popularity, that they're just trying to cram as much action as they possibly can into these shows, and they're forgetting the point, the purpose of those heroes um, and just really focusing on the graphic things that will get them the views. Um, And I think it really should... Be different. I understand that there should be action. I mean, there's superheroes, definitely some action scenes in there, but I think it definitely has strayed to more violence and aggression. Um, I feel that uh, that with these new shows that we're seeing, these new movies, obviously we see that these superhero films are coming out R-rated even now. Um, some of them were like Deadpool. We're kind of built to already be yeah. a more adult-friendly character, but it, it's like we take a step back to Daredevil. Um, and, and we talk about how they say Superman is such a Boy Scout, you know, evolution that I think kind of uh, of characters that is caused by an aging society, aging fandom. You know, the people who grew up reading comic books, even, you know, in the 70s, they're older now. They, can, they're, they should be able to withstand a certain amount of, uh, I guess, violence and not see it as the right things and they see it as a shock factor. But that's the issue is, you grow up loving a character, just like you're saying, like you knew Batman never crossed that line. He felt that pain and he would never give that pain, but he would stop it. Superman, a Boy Scout, yes, the strongest person, you know, arguably in, in, that, in that universe, you know, it's one of, the, one of the big ones ever, right? He has all of that power, but he never abuses it. He uses it, instead of abusing it, he uses it strictly to bring about peace. It takes a very, very strong individual mentally to have an infinite amount of power and only use it to better those around them versus a supervillain who would only use it for self-gain. You know, there there is that fine line. I feel like it is crossed in a lot of media now. Um, And it is something that I think that should be kind of focused on. You know, I, I think that there's more to gain from superhero media if the approach isn't finalized with violence. You know, there, there is the need to defend those that are in trouble. They're being attacked by superheroes, by alien creatures from outer space. Yes, that's great. Everybody loves to see that. But at the end, those conflicts are usually in the comic books, they, they look to be resolved in some other way other than, you know, violence, like true violence. We know that in the past there has been, obviously, there's, comic books have been violent in the past, but it seems like there's more of a focus on it now because of just this But especially if it's geared towards children, mm-hmm. then I think it definitely should include some type of resolution, something that you that nevertheless mm-hmm. teaching these children, whether mm-hmm. you were intending to or not teaching these children mm-hmm. a lesson through these movies and TV shows. I, and I think a lot is lost in the character whenever you go from having the person that did have that moral view, they never they never would kill, they never would hurt somebody so greatly. Uh, and now they you know, you have people that that is completely changed. You know, everybody's turning into the Punisher at this point. <laughs> well, and I would love to have you guys back on the show to talk more about these things because um, when Iron Man 3 came out and, and just to let the, um, 
the my audience know I'm applying to be the Iron Man in this group, and and I hope that that they accept me, and I hope that they think I I play a good um, version of him. But when I watch Iron Man three, my friend told me, oh, uh, that movie is gonna stink because they're showing Iron Man as being emotional, that he's like in touch with his feelings. And then I watched the movie, and he had gone through a traumatic experience when he went up into space and fell down and he was fighting the aliens in the first Avenger movie. And somehow in some groups of people, and I have a whole spiel about how there's these fans who are very like hateful and they want everything to be their way. They were saying that he was being um, feminized or made a wimp because he was dealing with trauma. And having worked with people with PTSD and, and the military, for people to be that ignorant to say that if someone who's gone through trauma and is dealing with their emotions is weak, is is ridiculous and obnoxious, and they actually try to portray that in the movie, and I thought they did a, a fairly good job with it. So he's not he's a vulnerable superhero who can 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 deal with with difficult things in a human way. That's fantastic to actually have that uh, arc within a story and for them to humanize a hero. That's fantastic. But somehow there are some people that don't want to see that. They want people to keep fighting and not care. And that's what leads a lot to the shaming of people who have experienced trauma. And then they find destructive ways to deal with it instead of healthy ways like we would recommend. So we can get into that in a later time. But um, there's, there's just... I think within the fan base, we need to be pushing for uh, positive, positive role models and positive ways to deal with with um, not only conflict, but trauma and difficult experiences and things like that. Um, you guys uh, have anything to say about that as we close? Um, no, I just say that it's... it's agreed. Yeah, it's agreed. agreed. <laughs> uh, and definitely showing emotion um, should not be seen as weak. Or if you think something is feminine, why is that a bad thing? Um, showing emotion is a human experience. We all have it. And if you're, if that makes someone uncomfortable, then maybe, you know, the person should take a look at why that's making them uncomfortable. Um, I think that that movie, I recall exactly what you're talking about. I think they did a really great job um, in showing his emotions. And I think that's yet another way for children or just people to see kind of themselves in the hero that they idolize and see, oh, it's, you know, it can happen to anyone. Even the hero can have some emotional trauma and, and they can also get through with it. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. It's, it, it's just a good way to think that you can be strong. You can have all of this ability. You can be Tony Stark with a, with a suit of metal that can do anything you ask it to. Yeah, but at the end of the day, if you're hurt, you're hurt. That's something that's inside and something that you do need to work through. Doesn't make it you any less of a hero. Not, in, not at all. Not at all. Thank you. Yeah, we, we've done a few things about superheroes in the last uh, couple of weeks, so maybe that's our new focus. We talk about every subject on, under the sun uh, for all these years, and people tell me that we're too broad, so maybe we need to like focus on, on something specific. And I know that there's an interest uh, on this topic and and there could be something unique that that we're doing um so okay well uh, a pleasure meeting you i uh, hope to see you in person soon and <laughs> thank you so much thank for, you having, for having, us. having us fantastic so thank you so much for coming on the show it's always great to meet new people who have great ideas and who are actually doing something positive and affirming uh in the community and we would like to uh thank you for your work thank you for 
uh, going out of your way to support people in need. There's so many people suffering in this world, and we always need uh, heroes who either in a, in a creative, artistic way or just in a human way are able to express that, that amount of hope and, and desire to, to be together. I, I think that the thing that ch the children or people in, who are struggling enjoy the most is having people care. And just to, to make the effort to, to show up and, and be there to cheer them up, that is uh, that, that means a lot to them. So thank you for your good work. Uh, thank you for being on the show. And we'll be back next week with another episode of The Mystic and the Skeptic.